Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Shakespeare Festival St. Louis isn't content to keep its productions on the stage. Its Shakespeare in the Streets program has mounted remixes of the Bard's greatest hits on Cherokee Street, in Maplewood, even north of Del Mar in the city's Old North neighborhood. But this year's production may be its most ambitious yet. Love at the River's Edge doesn't just put a modern spin on the classic romantic comedy as you like it. It also crosses state lines, putting audience members on a bus to traverse from North St. Louis County to Calhoun County, Illinois. The goal? To bridge the urban-slash-rural divide. Here to discuss Love at the River's Edge is Tom Bridgely, executive producer of Shakespeare Festival St. Louis. Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sarah. We're also joined today by Catherine Bentley, director of Love at the River's Edge. Catherine, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having us. Which Shakespeare production is your all-time favorite? Why do you think it continues to speak to audiences centuries after its debut? Give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Tom Ridgely, As You Like It, is perhaps most famous for being the source of the idea that, quote, all the world's a stage. You have really taken that to heart here. Can you explain for us as prospective audience members how this is going to work logistically? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's unusual. This is a whole new ball game for us, too. But uh, it all goes back to what A, Shakespeare in the Streets is all about, which is about trying to bring visibility to communities around St. Louis. So obviously there are, um, you know, there are separations in any major city in America and how we can use theater as a way to bring people together, bring them across some of those boundaries that maybe they're not used to crossing and uh, giving them an opportunity to hear the story of the people that live there is what Shakespeare in the Streets is all about. And As You Like It is sort of the perfect Shakespeare play for this project that's trying to bring together an urban and a rural community because that play was also about the urban and the rural circa 1890-something in England. Um, back then, Shakespeare called it the country and the court. Um, <laughs> but it's all about the story of, as you like it, is about Rosalind and Celia who are banished from the court, from the sort of urban center of wealth and, and culture to the Forest of Arden, which is this sort of idyllic, but also sort of, to them, somewhat threatening and strange space that's out beyond the boundaries of the of the city. And so it's the sort of a, a, a perfect model for these two communities to start to ask themselves, what does it mean to be from an urban place, from a rural place? What is what perceptions and, un, and assumptions am I making about the other? And, and what are ways in which we're actually the same? So the show actually is going to begin um, sort of at an intersection that you picked out in Pagedale, Missouri. And then at what point are you going to say, hey, audience, get on the bus? <laughs> well, OK, so... Yes, we begin on Page and Ferguson across from the 24-1 Cinema and uh, in the lot there. And it, how we've broken up the show is Act 1 will be there in Pagedale, that 24-1 community. And then we get on the bus and we go to the Golden Eagle Ferry, which takes us across the water to, um, to Calhoun County. Uh, so, so that'll be 
uh, something that we're, we'll work out logistically where we make sure everybody knows, okay, now's the time. We're all going to Calhoun County. It's actually in the script. <laughs> to Calhoun <laughs> County we go. Like, in no, case we're you serious. <laughs> yeah, seriously, we are all going there to see the rest of the show. So that's how that uh, will work out. And then does the show end back in Pagedale or the show ends in the farmland? The show ends as we cross back over as half the ca- half the cast, the cast that's from uh, the 24-1 area and the audience that's from the 24-1 area, as we cross away from our new friends across the water, we will be ending the show in that way. Wow. So it's actually taking place as you're traversing back. Yes. Mm-hmm. So as a director, this has to be a challenge. How do you keep the momentum going when <laughs> you're, de- I mean, it's like almost trying to board an airplane, like the complications of getting a huge group of people from one place to the other. Oh, it's been, it's been quite a logistical challenge, let's say. And I've been working on this since, uh, Last summer, I think I was asked to do this and started working in the Normandy community at the Normandy High School in January. And since then, just some sleepless nights of trying to figure out, you know, how are we going to do this again? Because as you remember, the water rose and uh, there was a flood and uh, it took four hours for us to get to Brussels one way. Oh, wow. For a time period of this whole project. So that's been on our mind. Like the, the Mississippi and the Missouri River have been the star of this whole thing. So just trying to, yeah, trying to figure that out has been quite a logistical challenge. But it, it just now with ha- getting into rehearsals, with having people come across to St. Charles where we rehearse on the ferry, and then having uh, sometimes we go there to Calhoun County. I mean, that that's all worth it. It's been worth all of it. And as you mentioned here, you're not just moving the play from one setting to another. You're also bringing young actors together from two very, very different communities. Prior to starting research for this show, I got to admit, I'd never heard of Brussels, Illinois. What is this this small town? Is town even the right word for this? Tom Ridgely, how did they end up on the radar of Shakespeare Festival in St. Louis? Well, we were looking for a community that w- you know that you could define as rural, um, and but that was close enough still to St. Louis for this travel to be possible, for the audience to be able to join in. And so they... We're also really interested in hearing um, from or or sort of um, welcoming the Shakespeare Festival into their classroom. Megan, who taught at Brussels High School, um, had a student in particular that was really eager for some theater programming because they didn't have it. And so uh, the festival was able to go in, as Kathy was doing in the Normandy Schools Collaborative, to go into Brussels High School and spend a good part of the school year working with those young people just to sort of ask these questions, sort of, what is it, what what is it like to be where you're from and you know what uh, and what do you imagine it's like to be from somewhere else so th- the coolest moment that I've witnessed so far is when the students from each community came together and, were and when in did each that finally spaces. happen that it happened a couple times okay I, I recently what month. Okay. well it's uh, see sometime last last semester okay. um, it was warm. I remember that because we, when they came to Normandy first, the Brussels students came to Normandy, which was awesome. You know, a lot of them first time ever in that community. And the Normandy students were very proud to show off their beautiful campus. They have a beautiful school there. Um, and then uh, like a, a couple of weeks after that, 
we went over, the Normandy School went over to Brussels, which was when the water was, was rising. So there was oh, wow. a whole detour, and it took, uh, I'm going to say, two and a half hours to get there, uh, which was challenging. But when they got there, they were in awe of the nature and the trees and the snake that made its appearance during our class. A snake made a cameo. <laughs> That's amazing. Because <laughs> we were doing class outside, doing improv outside. So, yeah, but it was all it, just what they were able to learn from each other, just being in each other's space was, real, was really awesome. Who do you think had more? trepidation about crossing that river do you think it was harder for the city kids to go to the country or the country kids to go to the city you know I I don't know they did you know I think that unfortunately with the group from Normandy because the water was high we didn't get to go on the ferry okay. that time so they didn't and they were really disappointed about that I bet I'd be about disappointed this ferry. yeah yeah but now they've gotten to do it because the ones that are still involved with the show get to do it now um pretty regularly when we rehearse over there. But, I'm, you know, I'm not sure. I think that, um, you want, you want to, did you want to answer that? Uh, well, Tom? one thing that I heard that we learned was that the people in Calhoun County are actually pretty used to coming into mm-hmm. St. Charles and St. Louis. And that's a trip that they're familiar with that it doesn't happen every day necessarily, but that's a part of their um, experience, um, which is sort of, that's a part of the urban-rural dynamic. These mm-hmm. centers tend to sort of pull in. Um, and But, uh, well, uh, the reverse is not necessarily true. Like you said, yeah. you'd never heard of Brussels. Yeah, right. I had never heard of Brussels. So many people I talked to hadn't heard of Brussels, and it's right there. Yeah. Um, and so I think was, I, I wasn't there, but I think for the Normandy kids to make the trip into Brussels was probably more of a novel experience. As it probably, probably would be true. for any of us. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I feel like Shakespeare, um, his his comedies often rely on misunderstandings. And yet when misunderstandings happen in real life across racial lines, across socioeconomic lines, sometimes it's nobody's laughing. It's not quite as funny. Were you concerned about the potential for these kids to, to wound each other without even meaning to? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. I mean, that's, you know, the, the, this is the kind of work that I do, though, however, mm-hmm. is, is um, how do we bridge community using theater, using the arts. And there's so many ways that we can do that, um, that create a safe space so that people feel like, okay, I'm in a place where I can actually share parts of myself with other folks because, you know, because that's what we do with with the theater work that I do is we recreate those spaces. So the idea of, of wounding was something that uh, myself and the assistant director of the production, Delaney Piggins, who was part of the uh, Brussels community workshops, we discussed that, you know, and how do we how do we deal with that? We knew that there were going to be families, and we did know of families on the Brussels end who were not willing to let their students traverse to Normandy, unfortunately. Really? And and that's that's okay. Yeah. Because the other students went back and said what a great time they had. <laughs> how friends they met, how beautiful the campus is. You know, and that's that's unfortunate. Now we're hoping that was this an issue of, of racism? Was this an issue of danger? I didn't get to speak to the parents. Okay. And it's okay. Yeah. You know, you know, um, I think that it's part of what we're what we're doing is breaking down those those uh, those ideas that people have about each other's communities, mm-hmm. and that's what I I think that that was just one of those things that people just did not know, and they were fearful. And that's you know, all right. We're, well, we're going to work with the folks that said yes, and that was mo- that was the absolute majority of the class. So you were able so. to break it down, even just if it involved hearsay, rather than getting to go themselves. Right, right. It was yeah. It was it was okay though that they're they're gonna they're learning from their classmates and hopefully their parents will learn, but yeah that that whole idea of how do you create this space between two very different communities is uh, something that 
we do with theater, we can do with um, improv activities, we can do with writing exercises, and I think that now the students that are, have continued to be involved will say that they have made new friends. That's awesome. Yeah. So as you like it, it this is this classic play. It's one of um, audiences' favorites, and yet it can, is really complicated. That plot is crazy. Yeah. How much did that end up changing as it became Love at the River's Edge? Well, so we have this phenomenal playwright, Mariah Richardson, and what she did was just find the nugget of that play, the nuggets that make it interesting, exciting. And um, it, it didn't change a lot. If people come who are real you know, Shakespeare um, enthusiasts, you'll see that the, the story of love and <laughs> you know, of, 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 of family, of what is family, of what is community is still very much there. You know, it's broken down so that everybody understands it. Uh, it's it's um, we're having a lot of fun with it. You know, so I think that we we keep the um, we keep the essence of all of that in the in the script. So someone who's a Shakespeare fan, they are not going to be like blown away by how much this has changed. They're going to see that play. It's well, still the play. Most definitely, it's still the play. Come with an open mind because there's uh, there's <laughs> but there are some big changes. There's yeah. some changes. Yeah, I know. Yeah. One of the things is it's also a musical, and we got some audio of one of the songs. Now this is in rehearsal, um, but <laughs> let's give that a listen. These songs are by Cyria Conway and Colin McLaughlin. That's the cast of Love on the River's Edge, which is the new production of Shakespeare in the Streets. Um, Catherine Bentley, I saw you kind of reacting to that. That was a pretty early rehearsal, right? <laughs> it was. That's what, you know, as a director, I'm like, oh, no, how did this get out? <laughs> it's so early. And also our lead um, uh, performer in that in the piece uh, who plays Adam is Anita Jackson. And she wasn't there the day I think that you recorded. And she's... If you if you don't know Anita Jackson, well known in St. Louis community for being a phenomenal artist, songstress, she'll be singing that in, which is actually actually beautiful. And a really uh, good lead vocal. On it's that a song. yeah yeah yeah, and we yeah we've tightened up the harmonies quite a bit. <laughs> How much music overall is in this production, Tom? Uh, Kathy can answer that question yeah. better than I have because it's, it's changing day by day. Well, I love music. So I knew that I wanted music to be a big part of this. And I also, I feel like mu music is one of those things that we can do to bridge community. You know, we get together when we, uh, one of our first uh, get togethers with both students groups, they, they found out that they like the same music. It's like, mm. <laughs> that's the, awesome. The kids in Normandy were like, wait, you listen to whatever station it is. I don't know stations, but it's like, yeah, we listen to that too. And so I just feel like music bridges us, you know, for some of us, it, it uh, for some performers, it makes you feel really good and shine for some of us. It makes us feel really like, oh gosh, I'm never going to get this, but I know that they will, <laughs> you know, so there's music in, involved throughout the play. And uh, hopefully we'll teach some of the ca uh, audience some of the music. So we heard that excerpt of All the World's All the World's a Stage, but that isn't just an opening image. In that monologue, Shakespeare really goes deep on that metaphor throughout the stages of a man's life. Did you keep a lot of the original language, or did you want to make it more accessible for the young performers? 
there's a, in that in that monologue there a lot of that original language is kept throughout such the, a great monologue I'm glad is, you kept it. it is it's kept and it's going to be performed in a way that you may not have seen it before by Anita Jackson um, and uh, throughout the play it goes back and forth Mariah does this wonderful job of having colloquial language with Shakespearean language and it goes back and forth you'll hear you know people say things that you know teenagers t- teenagers really helped us with the beginning of this script so you'll hear them saying you know some of the characters saying things it's like oh Okay, how did that pop into the Shakespeare language? But that's what makes it really accessible. Now, you heard us ask earlier in the hour for, we wanted to ask listeners for some of their picks for their favorite Shakespeare shows. Erin on Twitter says her favorite Shakespeare production was the Shakespeare in the Streets production of Remember Me, which was about Maplewood. She writes, it was spooky, sweet, and just a magical production, using aspects of the more supernatural plays to speak to an audience about the past and the present, and being inclusive in the process was powerful. And Sarah on Twitter writes, the best production I've ever seen was Richard III. It was in 2008 by Shakespeare Festival St. Louis. Do more deranged tragedies, please. <laughs> um, Tom, what's your favorite uh, Shakespeare play? Such a tough question. You've got to pick one. Well, all right. If, I ha- if you put a, you know, if you really pinned me down. Yes. Uh, if I could only watch one Shakespeare play, I guess, for the rest of my life, it would have to be Hamlet. And what do you love about Hamlet? Hamlet just has everything. It has the the wit and the humor and the playfulness. It has the the darkness and the supernaturalness and the political intrigue and and the tragedy and it also just has more of everything. That play is it's chock full. It's chock full. Um, and if you just go through between like the ghost scene and the play within the play and to be or not to be and the closet scene, it's just it's hit after hit after hit as you watch that play. We actually heard from a listener who says the same thing. He says his is also Hamlet. The theme of corruption, something's rotten in Denmark, will always resonate with audiences, especially today. And Hamlet's introspective reckoning with life's struggles are also relatable. Catherine Bentley, what about you? Well, now it's as you like it. <laughs> you know, when you're working on a project, it like it becomes yeah. part of you. And and this one um, is one that I've seen many times, seen many different renditions of it. And I'm like, wow, there is just still so much in this that I absolutely love. You know, I love the the relationship between the cousins. I love the love at first sight. I know it's it's you know corny, but it's part of uh, a part of Shakespeare and part of what I love. And and just the the um, choosing community where you are and you know finding family where you are and and what that looks like so all of that in this and as you like it is is starting to become right now it's my favorite (laughs) the one you're working on right now that completely makes sense now previously Shakespeare in the Streets production they relied on having a neighborhood of young people or arts goers that are all around them you pick Cherokee Street Old North even Clayton these are all places people are used to going for a night out are you worried um, Tom Ridge are you worried that Pagedale is going to be a more difficult draw for a St. Louis audience well, we hope that we've earned some credit with the folks who've come to other Shakespeare in the Street, seen what it is, maybe already gone a little bit outside of their comfort zone and are willing to come along with us for this. Um, I can say that th- you, you couldn't be safer anywhere else on Earth. Uh, there's, we've spent a lot of time in both these communities, and th- you know, both sites are going to be crawling with staff and artists and, you know, and, and security and all those things. So, so we're not going to get attacked by the farm animals because that's my big fear That's here. true. There's snakes out and, there. And you and never yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, Catherine Ward. 
saved us here. <laughs> um, it's a friendly snake. <laughs> but, but part of it, that's what we're asking people to do is to come along on a little bit of a journey with us, um, like an artistic and an emotional one and also just a geographic one. Allow us to, to, you know, to take you someplace that you may not have been before. Now, you must be sort of anxiously scanning the weather. Mm, <laughs> is it looking okay at this point? <laughs> I haven't looked at the extended because, you know, the, the accuracy. <laughs> I'm not looking. Oh, no. you're not even looking. Okay, that's, that's very <laughs> Because sensible. I'm saying this play is going to get done somewhere. If we, even if we have to put up a tarp, I had a suggestion <laughs> of putting a tarp over the bus and, like, do a play under there. Yeah, we're not going to we're gonna do this. Supposedly, the, the Shakespeare in the Streets weekend was chosen Virtually out of the almanac as 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 one of the driest, most temperate weekends in in the calendar year. Wait, so knowing what I know about St. Louis, it, it won't cooperate even on yeah. the best of weekends. Yep. But we're used to doing things outdoors and rolling with whatever happens. Well, so speaking of that, a couple years ago, um, the festival had kind of a, a weird thing happen in that it just so happened that the weekend that you were planning to be at the downtown library was the weekend that some major protests ended up going through downtown. You had to cancel and push that back. I guess it almost had to be pushed back several months. Is that right? About nine months, I think, um, yeah. And Tom, I know that that's before you came. So this is actually, um, you sort of inherited mm. that mm-hmm. production. This mm-hmm. is really your first in the director's role. Is that right? Or not the director of the play, but of the <laughs> festival. Yeah, it is. I, I, I got to St. Louis just as last year's Shakespeare in the Streets was going into rehearsal. So I, I was really just observing. Okay. Um and even this project was a little bit in process when I got here. The idea of an urban-rural exchange was something was already in the works. that was in the works. Um, but, p- you know, picking the final communities and starting to actually do the work in them was has been just incredible um, to go along with. I know from my previous life that there's something special and powerful that happens when you get two people that maybe two groups of people that maybe don't spend a lot of time together and just bring them into the same space and let them start sharing and so it's been really fun to watch that happen here in st louis and on that note um, we're out of time here but that was tom ridgely of shakespeare festival st louis tom thanks for joining us thank you sir we were also joined today by Catherine bentley who's the director of love at the river's edge Catherine, thanks for being here thank you you can catch love at the river's edge friday september 13th and saturday september 14th at 7 p.m more info at sfstl.com That's uh, ShakespeareFestivalStLouis.com. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.